I think being a man almost almost means the ability to look into you, look into the parts of you that you fucking hate and look into the parts of you that get really, really fucking shook up. What is it that bothers you? What is it that really fucks you up when it happens? For me, it's money, financial, financial security. That scares the fuck out of me. It's Andrew with Pride Fitness and Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. I think this is episode 11, but I'm not, I'm not like totally confident in that. But uh, here we are. Uh, I got a, I got a funny little lesson today, guys. Um, and it's it, the thing is, it's not even new, but this is like a, a joke that life plays on you. Is um, whenever you learn a lesson, you will have to relearn that lesson until you actually learn it, and it will keep throwing this shit into your life. Um, but basically, so I'm, I'm going to massage school right now for those of you who don't know. And, um, I had this person working on me today. Who's also one of the students there in <clears throat> the entire time. I mean, I, I kind of give her like a rundown, you know, like, here's some things that I want worked on today, yada, yada. And the entire time she's like only working on my back. I mean, 45 minutes went by and then she finally gets to my glutes and hamstrings. Um, and you know, just spent like a few minutes on it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like hella pissed the whole time. Cause I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I told you exactly what I needed and you either didn't hear it or are just completely ignoring it, which I, I don't think she was doing. I don't think people are like that, but it was, it was like so irritating to me the entire time I'm sitting there. I couldn't even relax. Cause I'm like, why are you not doing and a few times? I pop my head up. Hey, you know, don't, don't forget that. Hey, how much time do we have? Hey, how much, blah, blah, blah. you know, keep on kind of giving her a little, little tips and guides and stuff like that. Like, Hey, don't forget what I, what I talked to you about, what I told you I actually wanted. But, uh, there are actually a few lessons mixed into this because one, I communicated something to her, but I didn't actually check to make sure that she heard it or comprehended it. So when I told her, Hey, I want some work on these things. It's possible that with her understanding that she was like, oh, you know, sometimes glutes and hamstrings get tight because of stuff going on with the back, which eh, sort of kind of, you know, she could have rationalized that maybe. Um, or it could have just been one of those things where, you know, she forgot or didn't understand or, or whatever it may be. I mean, there could be a ton of different possibilities there. But <clears throat> what it really was like the essentially what I'm trying to get to is that. I should have made sure she actually understood what I was asking for, you know, especially being that like, I've, I like, I've been a coach for so long comprehension and people understanding what you're saying, uh, is a huge part of it because it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you say something a million and one different times, if the person doesn't actually hear it in the way that you're intending it to be heard. So, um, but then even just speaking up in the middle of this, instead of just being irritated sitting there for you know nearly 45 minutes face down why the hell is she still working on my back i could have popped up a few more times and directly said hey looks like we've only got a few minutes left can you make sure you get to my glutes and hamstrings before before we run out of time direct instead of me just saying hey how much time do we have left because that doesn't actually tell her anything especially if she didn't understand what i was asking or didn't hear what I was asking. So there's lesson one from massage school this morning, but lesson two, 
And I say this all the time. And I, I wish I wish I knew who this quote came from, but it's essentially something like, everybody knows something that you don't, or treat everybody like they have a lesson to teach you. So we get to the end of this massage. We've only got a few minutes left. And she, uh, I flip over. She starts working on my, uh, my neck, um, my scalp, and my face. And y'all, I conked the fuck out. I have never, I don't think I've ever been that relaxed at least within the last few years. I mean, I was I was fucking butter at the end of this because it was so relaxing and so calming and just the like the thing is I hate getting my ears touched unless it's like an intimate partner basically and I don't like getting my scalp touched unless it is an intimate partner and I fucking hate getting my face touched period. Multiply all of those when you've got a little bit of oil on your hands, I hate it even more. I don't know what it was about this situation, but she did that. And all of those rules for myself didn't matter anymore. It was so weird because like even even as she initiates it, her hand like grazed my ear a little bit. And I just go like a little a little irritated. And then and then just suddenly out of nowhere, I'm good. It was this weird little moment of like checking my bias of, oh, I hate this. Oh, I don't like doing this. I don't like these things. But it was also also something about something about like understand or realizing that despite how much she might not have appeared to have known about, you know, general massage and, you know, fuck me, like I'm, I've been in school just as long as her, but um, she's new to the health and wellness industry completely. So this is all brand new stuff to her. But her understanding of scalp and face and neck massages because of how long she'd been doing it with her grandmother and how long she'd been doing it with her mother and then doing it with her daughter. Like there was this understanding of something that I would not have expected. So this is one of those moments of, wow, this person knew something on such a deep level. I, I I was mind blown. Like five minutes went by and I said, I'm not going to ask you to stop. And she ended up going another 30 minutes and I was just goo. It was fucking incredible. But um, that being said, guys, let's actually get into some of these questions. So this first one, let me read this real quick. All right. This first one came from Rosie and this is, um, so what she had said to me, it's essentially, um, you know, what, what small tweaks can I make to my program? Um, what she was telling me about is that she'd been enjoying her program. She'd been getting good results. She likes how she feels going through everything, but she has stopped progressing. She doesn't want to completely upend her program. She doesn't want to make, um, any like massive changes because she's still kind of new in the gym. So she doesn't want to like completely, you know, just like from scratch the program more or less. So Let's say you've got a program that you really like. It's one that you've progressed well with. Um, it's one that you've gotten good results with. You enjoy it. You feel good. You don't feel like you got hit by a truck the next morning. What kind of changes can you actually make that's still going to allow you all of those things, but maybe push you a little bit further? Because that, that was one of her goals was she still wanted to see some more gains, but not make, you know, not have like a brand new program basically. So the nice thing is this is actually really simple. There's there's so many different uh, 
so many different little variables as far as your program goes that you can change that will make an, an old stale program feel like something completely brand new. I mean, it, it like I'm going to go down this list and I'll, I'll explain them a little bit more, but I mean, you can't, I should have wrote these down beforehand because I know I'm going to forget some, but I mean, you can change with your rest times. You can change your tempos. You can change your range of motion. You can change um, the speed, which is still kind of tempo, but you know, you can go like really, really explosive. Um, you can do pauses, which again are another form of tempo or negatives, another form of tempo. Um, you can, um, God, what else? Oh, you can add bands and chains or uh, all these different things. And like, that's, that's, what's so nice about, about understanding what your goals actually are is that you can play with these things and you, I mean, truthfully, you could probably have the exact same program for a year and just mess with those variables Oh, and obviously you can mess with like your reps and sets and weight that I figured goes without saying. But I mean, if you, if all you did was keep the same exact program and mess with those variables, you can still get some really, really significant gains. And I mean, are you going to, you know, like hop on stage or have some, you know, like life trend, life changing transformation? Not necessarily, but I mean, if you follow a program like that and just make some small tweaks here and there, you can, you can create a pretty, pretty significant change. I mean, I don't want to like put a number to it, but I mean, like you definitely wouldn't recognize yourself after a year just by following any kind of program and making some small tweaks here and there. So think about it like this, you know, are you, let's just say for simplicity's sake, your program is just you squat, bench and deadlift, uh, three days a week. And that's all you do. It could be as simple as instead of doing, you know, three sets of eight to 12, you do five sets of five. So the reps are lower. You can probably lift some more weight on those. Boom. There's a new stimulus. Or you uh, are going to control, uh, you know, the rest time. So instead of resting for, you know, a minute and a half or two minutes or three minutes or whatever you're doing, you're only resting 30 seconds. God fucking help you with those squats. But let's say you did it. You're going to notice a change in that regard. You're going to notice, um, you're going to notice your endurance probably goes up. You're going to notice your oxidative capacity is probably going to go up. You're going to notice different kinds of changes that might not necessarily be physical or let's say you just mess with some tempos so you really really load the eccentric portion or the negative portion and um, for those of you who don't know what those are eccentric think of um, a squat when you're going down a bench press when the bar is coming down to your chest or a deadlift when you're lowering the bar back to the ground so let's say you just controlled those well eccentrics or negatives are one of the most effective ways to actually break down muscle fiber quickly um, so that you can in theory, assuming you're eating and recovering right, um, build more muscle quicker. So just these small things can take a stale program and make it essentially completely brand new. So Rosie, I hope that one helps you out. Um, so this is a this is a funny one. This is a really really funny one, uh, just because of the serendipity of it. Um, I I've been reading a lot more like philosophy and stuff like that lately. And that kind of led me down, you know, the rabbit hole of like traditional masculine roles and like what it means to be a man and all, all these different kinds of things. And um, when I say I went down the rabbit hole, I mean like, I mean, God, I've been watching like so much YouTube content on this. I read like two or three books on it and it's, I'm actually in the middle of reading one right now, which my God, anybody who's listening to this, um, if you are a man or you are, um, you know, a woman trying to understand your man. 
and you want a real deep look at yourself, you should really check out the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. It basically goes through the four primary masculine archetypes and um, you know what those are like when they're perfectly in balance or what they're like when they're out of balance or in you know in their shadow, basically. And it's, it's incredible, man. There's... Oof, yeah, that book is so fucking good. But anyway, so it was funny going, going through this little, uh, you know, going down this rabbit hole. And then, um, this question comes in and this is from Jacob. So, um, what does it mean to be a man? And one thing I want to say is I think I'm probably just as qualified as anybody else's because the reality is I don't think any of us are qualified. You know, this is such a, uh, such a broad question that it's like, how, how do you actually answer this? And maybe this is something that the answer is only truly what applies to you and your life and your relationships and, and how you personally show up um, as, you know, a man, so to speak. But I shopped this question around to a few people and I was actually really, really surprised how consistent the answers were. Almost without fail, it came to providing emotional security for your partner, meaning they get upset they get angry, they get, you know, whatever they might be feeling. It's about providing that for them. And then the other one was about being, there were, it was worded a few different ways. I heard people say, um, being their rock, being a mountain, um, being a stable foundation, basically just someone who isn't shaken easily, you know, someone who's able to keep themselves steady. And that can be due to work or life stressors, um, or emotional stressors or even physical things, you know, like when I, and this isn't me like tooting my own horn, this is just the, the immediate thing that came to mind. But I mean, like when I got in a motorcycle accident a few years ago, I fucked my leg up. Like I was like, damn, that sucks. And I kept on moving through life. I mean, it didn't affect me at all. I, <laughs> I was walking around on crutches for a little while, but I mean, it didn't really shake me in any way until the hospital bills came and it was like $80,000. And I'm like, I'm not paying that. And you know, we negotiated down pretty significantly, but, um, yeah, when that bill first hit me, your boy was not a rock. I was not a mountain. I was not the foundation. I was fucking bothered as hell because I had never seen a bill that big. I mean, I was in my house, but like, I'd never seen a bill that big in my entire life. So it was really funny seeing, wow, Andrew handled this, this physical aspect, um, of, or th this, this physical pain, this physical anguish with flying colors and then monetary concern comes up and look through my life and you'll fucking understand why single mother, two kids, uh, you know, Oh seven, Oh eight crash. My parents go through a divorce and then the crash happens. And like, we're upside down in our house. My God, no wonder I'm fucking panicking about money, but that's, you know, down the, down the Andrew rabbit hole coming back to this question. I think being a man almost almost means the ability to look into you, look into the parts of you that you fucking hate and look into the parts of you that get really, really fucking shook up. What is it that bothers you? What is it that really fucks you up when it happens? For me, it's money, financial, financial security. That scares the fuck out of me or insecurity, I suppose, terrifies me. You know, the thought of going through a divorce fucking terrifies me. I watched my mom go through it three times. It's fucking scary, man. Being able to look at that and see why does this shit scare me? 
and then go find that solution. How do you heal that in you so that you can bring that to your future relationships, whether that's your friends, your family, or a partner? I think that is what it means to be a man. So now I'm going to get off my soapbox, get back in my lane of health and fitness. But Jacob, thank you for that question. That was fucking awesome. We got um, Jerry. What is bioavailability? <laughs> this one's this one's funny because this became such a big buzzword in the last few years. Um, and it has its place, but it's a weird thing to research because a lot of times what you'll find with it is only really discussions over uh, supplements or medication. And supplements, I understand. Medication, not so much because it's not really my field. Um, like if you look it up, you'll see a lot of stuff about like first pass metabolism and keeping it totally clear right over my fucking head. Um, it just, I, I tried doing a little bit of research into that because it was something that I looked into so much back in the day that I looked back into it and I was like, what the hell does this even mean? And I was like, okay, well, this doesn't seem relevant, but I could be totally wrong. So if I'm wrong, please toss that in the comments or message me and say, Andrew, you're a big dummy. Here's what first pass metabolism is. Um, but What is bioavailability as far as I understand it? It's basically how, how able is your body to break down and absorb the nutrients from whatever it is that you are putting in your mouth. So uh, a common example is uh, carrots. You know, oh, it's good for your eyesight. It has beta carotene in it, yada, yada. Well, if you're eating raw carrots you actually don't absorb that much of the vitamin A in it. However, if you cook it or you have a fat source like butter with it, you actually absorb a lot more of it. There's this weird, there's something called the entourage effect uh, that you guys can look into if you're, if you are like really curious about this, but it's basically just about how um, different things work better in a more holistic um, way. So think of it like, you know, if all we did was eat, um, amino acids, um, butter and sugar. Yeah. Theoretically there's protein, carbs, and fat, but we're going to feel fucking terrible. Um, and then the same thing can be said with, you know, all the vitamins and stuff. If you're just taking them, um, in their pure form of pure vitamins and minerals, you're still not going to feel great. So actually absorbing them through real food, but I'm going on to a few tangents now. Another example is, Turmeric uh, doesn't actually absorb that well unless you put black pepper in it. But then there's also the matter of there's some stuff with bioavailability that I've seen where it is your your ability to or your body's need to actually absorb something. So it kind of being um, on the other end of it, you know, like, well, of course, you're not going to absorb this. You don't need it right now. And I, I don't know how much validity there is to that it kind of makes sense that our body's not going to let us absorb something that uh, we might not be needing at that moment, or maybe we have too much of it. I mean, like people say you can only hold so much vitamin C. So, you know, theoretically, if you're just like, like pound in vitamin C tablets or something like that, at some point in time, your body's gonna be like, Hey, enough of that shit. Uh, And it's just not going to absorb any of it. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting subject. And it's one that as much as I feel I know about it, I still don't feel totally confident on it. But if I were going to sum it up, it's essentially just how much of this can your body actually absorb and how much of it do you need to absorb? 
And then just kind of the modifications around that. Okay, can you do things to make it absorb better? Like people always do that with supplements. Oh, you know, this protein absorbs in blah, 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 minutes and gets shuttled into your muscles and protein synthesis, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I suppose that could be a more layman version of bioavailability. Um, and then this final one. Oh God, I can't read this name. Sorry, guys, I got this. Uh, for those of you watching, you see me staring off into the distance. And for those of you listening, I'm staring at my whiteboard where I write all these down. Uh, this says, okay, it's Allie. God, my handwriting is terrible. Uh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Whitney, my first grade teacher. Um, okay, Allie's question is, is detoxing bullshit? This is a fun question. Because <laughs> as with everything... It depends. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a fucking coffee cup that says that or something. Just a coffee cup that says it depends because that's almost almost the answer to anything. Um, is detoxing bullshit? Yes and no. Uh, are those detox teas that, you know, all the little Fitstagram girls are selling, is that actually useful? Eh, I'd say no. But does your body need time to detox, so to speak? Yeah. Why do you think fasting has been around for so long? Why do you think that there are those, uh, you know, those practices of various like teas and ingredients and stuff that make you completely purge? That's you getting everything out of your out of your system. I personally, I love fasting and I kind of look at it as detoxing. But can you do things to enhance the quality of your fast and uh, allow you to detox better? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I've done bone broth and stuff like that. It uh, seems to heal my gut better. There's a fair bit of stuff out there around like healing your gut with bone broth, but then there's also people who, and I haven't done this yet, but I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm going to do it at some point in time. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to party guys. Uh, but (laughs) coffee enemas, that is, that is a thing that a lot of people do. And, um, like colonics in general. And I, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole, but I probably will eventually because I'm pretty down to try anything. And, you know, take a, take a shot at it and see how it goes. But is detoxing bullshit? I will say there are bullshit products out there, but as a general rule of is fasting going to give your body a break? Yes. Is it going to, um, allow your gut to heal your organs to take a rest? Yes. Is it some magical thing that is going to change your life? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I've been bulking for the last two months now. And this morning when I woke up, I could, I, I made myself eat, but my God, like, I don't want to be at that point in my life. I remember when I was doing that all the time when I was forcing myself to eat. So when it got to that point, you know, I I ate real quick and I actually made the decision. Okay. I'm going to spend some time fasting this weekend because I haven't in a while. So it's, it's time, you know? Um, but, uh, Allie, I, I hope that answers that for you. You know, like people say detoxing doesn't, isn't like, you know, oh, your liver does that yada yada. And it's like, yes, but at some point in time, you know, even your liver needs a break. So it's kind of my final thoughts on that. But anyway, guys, yeah, if you, uh, Glenn, do I even need to do this or did we actually finalize these, uh, these little outro dealies? You can leave no, this part in too. This one's good. This one's good. So you're, I don't got to do it. You do have to do it. Here. I do have to do it here. Oh my God. All righty. <laughs> Okay, word. I got you. Okay, well, that being said, 
<laughs> so candid. Um, I guess that's that guys. So, you know, if you've got any questions or anything like that, if you're, if you're really vibing with this one, thank you guys so much. Those of you, you know, the four of you who are listening, um, thank you so much. This has been incredibly fun for me. And I, I, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope you guys are getting something out of this. Cause I, I'm really loving this. And you know, if this, uh, goes nowhere, guess what? It's still fun for me. I'm fucking loving this. Please shoot me some questions uh, that come to your mind and I will do my best to pick through them and give you what I hope is a sufficient answer. So until next time, guys, my name is Andrew with Pride. This is the Pride Fitness and Movement Podcast and we'll see you all later. (laughs) 